0: You are listening to the Thinking Effect podcast with Orshul Green and Lillianne Krigler. Everything starts with a thought. Join the quest to reshape your own and your students' thinking by exploring your usual curriculum in new and exciting ways. In each episode, we share dynamic and practical ways you can ignite thinking in your classroom. You will get used to our three-step formula for approaching our topics. What is it? Why is it important? And how can it be implemented immediately? Listen on if you're ready to take your students on a journey to change the world one thought at a time. Welcome to the Thinking Effect podcast with Lillianne Kriegler and Ortle Green. We are very happy to be back with you for episode four. Episode four is part two of How Do We Create? an environment where students own their own learning. Hey, Ortle, how are you today?
1: Ah, great. Thank you. How are you, Lillian? Very, very well. Thanks so much. Yeah, so as you mentioned, this is part two of our question, how do we create an environment where students own their learning? And in episode number three, we spoke about the condition that we need to have within the classroom in order to allow students to own their learning environment. And the shift that is happening in the teacher role within the classroom, which might not be an easy uh, shift for some teachers to uh, shift the balance from teaching with having complete instruction into becoming more of a facilitator of learning. And this is why it's important to take it in smaller steps. And uh, as you mentioned in the previous episode, Liliane, it's important for teachers to remain um, comfortable and not to jump too soon to the deep end of the water.
0: Uh, That's so true. You want to have a sense of moving, you know, at the same time and feeling comfortable and having a relationship with your students that works for you and to stretch and change it and give them the skills to be working more independently. So I've mentioned a few times in our podcast that I've studied the work of Professor Reuven Feuerstein, and he speaks about this relationship of being a facilitator rather than a teacher. So pretty much what's happening then is you're not walking, you're not standing in front of the students teaching down, but you're walking side by side, in the learning. And of course, sometimes you have to push ahead and pull them along. And sometimes you might need to push behind from a a bit, but it's more equitable. And he's saying there's three important things that you need. So the first is, you can be as intentional as you like, but if the children aren't on board with you, if they're not reciprocating, if they haven't brought their energy, then you really don't have, um, you know, they're not going to learn. The second thing is, You could set a project, but the children have to understand the purpose and why. Why should they bother to give their energy to that situation? So part of being a good facilitator is to explain why you're doing these things, maybe even before you jump in. And then the final thing is to make the learning so important that they can use it somewhere else. So, you know, that's transfer. So having reciprocity, working with you, them knowing why they're doing it and then making it important enough to use that learning somewhere else or the things. And the the joy of the the transfer, like one of the things that they will learn is how to make a plan. And the other thing that's a good learning is how to work together. So those are very transferable skills that they learn when they're working independently like this.
1: Absolutely. And you touched on very important points, Lillian, because I think as teachers, when we come up with a project or uh, inquiry question, we need to make sure we make it relevant for the ch- children so they can relate to it and it's relevant to, to their own world and not something that is so far away from them that it's not really interesting and therefore they won't really be, they won't have that internal motivation to learn and explore that topic. Um, in episode Two, if you remember, we spoke about how how do we trigger student thinking? And we spoke about when we start a project or we start with a new topic, to start it by showing the students some visual uh, representation of the new subject or topic at hand. And then let the student come up with their own questions. So let their curiosity come out and encourage them to come up with as many different questions as possible. And the way it relates to this episode, which is about how do we create an environment where students own their learning, is actually continuing with that uh, journey. And once your student finished coming up with many different questions on that subject, you ask them to look at all the questions they came up with and start to group similar questions together. So find the theme, the common theme, between the many different questions they came up with,
0: that's very important because you don't want them all to just be following every question that comes up. What this helps them to do is to start evaluating which are the questions worth following, which are that which are the ones who are going to give them a deeper investigation, um, and you know which one will help them to find the most knowledge that they can. It's about finding really rich questions. And if they're putting them together in themes, then they can decide which which theme they want to go with first. And then they can percolate upwards, which is the most significant question. So, you know, for students to start to evaluate and sift information themselves, rather than being told this is more important or that's more important, is one of the, the the things that makes them truly independent
1: thinkers absolutely, right. and also they'll find out what question are most most children are interested in exploring, so where is their passion and interest lies and in curiosity and then by finding up these big groups of questions, the group that most children are interested in learning more about and following this particular question. It means that the students um, are going to be interested in that journey and they're going to be uh, motivated to explore and learn about this topic. So this kind of leads us to what we spoke about in episode number three. So when you find this few um, group of questions that the students are really interested in exploring, this is where you can split your class into smaller groups of three to four students and assign each one of these questions to one of the groups and let them explore that. Let them follow and explore that question. But what you need to do is probably think beforehand what kind of resources they might need to explore that question.
0: Yes, this is where, you know, some teachers might say, if I'm handing over all the learning to my students... I'm losing control and the difference between being authoritarian and responsible. So when you're responsible, you still know what the children need to learn. You you might get some great surprises and, and discover more about the topic when you hand it over, but you still are the person who's responsible for that learning. So thinking in advance about the resources that they might need. For instance, your great example in the last episode of the lady crossing um, the river with the, the little animals, you know, will they need paper? Will they need pens? Will they uh, need something to draw with? Uh, there are lots of things that you can think of you know, and, and have you set up the space prior so that they, it, you, you do that little, transition in the smoothest way possible so designing the space designing the time and and then offering the resources is really important so you're still responsible for all that but we're doing it just in a way that includes that's much more inclusive in the classroom
1: absolutely and if you are concerned that maybe uh, they'll need some resources and you're not sure whether you'll plan uh, you know how to plan for all of that. You can maybe um, let them continue that research on, on a separate uh, session. So finish the session where the students uh, group the different question and finding themes, and then give yourself a time to plan before the following session where they actually explore uh, each question. So you have enough time to think f- what kind of resources they might need. And you also pose the question, you can pose this question to your student, ask them, okay, you are going to explore this question. How are you gonna do it? Uh what kind what will you need? Are you gonna need um will you need computers to research that question? Do you need to speak with other people? What do you think you need? in order to explore this question. And that comes back to, Liliane, what you mentioned about planning, about teaching your students to plan ahead. So when they have a goal, when they need to reach a destination, they need to think ahead, students, about, okay, what do I need, what will I need to do in order to reach that goal?
0: That's right. And that's just raising the level and the scope of independence over time. You know, sometimes when you ask students the first time what they need, they might not even know because they haven't had the opportunity to explore and understand the value of particular resources. But as they work with them, they become more in tune with what they need and how they want to explore and what are the qualities of different resources and how they can help them with their learning. So as you mentioned, you you know, you're never going to accomplish this within one lesson or even across a few lessons. It becomes a way of thinking over time for yourself and a way of thinking for the students. And it becomes a, a much more equitable enterprise as you go along. And that's what we're wishing for. You know, we're giving you small bites, but we're hoping over time that there's some real shifts and transformations
1: that you will find you love when you yes. work
0: with your students.
1: Yes, absolutely. And just to add to this point, because there are many different ways to research something, I mean, it's not just searching online. The stu- your students need to be familiar with a different type of researchers, so they can choose and understand what is relevant to what they need to do at the moment. Sometimes um, it will be more appropriate to interview other people about a particular topic. Sometimes it will be more appropriate to observe what other people are doing uh, or maybe research online or read something in a book. So your student needs to be aware that there are many different ways to perform research and gather information. And in order to learn and to identify slowly what other the right research method that they need to use for that particular task and sometimes they'll need to combine different methods of research
0: I love this I think it's a great topic for another podcast um, but we we have an idea for the following episode for this podcast but just before we go there so if we sum up again the what of an environment you know where children can research for themselves create an environment that is where students own their learning the what of that is we can see them bringing their own skills their own knowledge their own research and their own attempts to a question the why is that it just broadens the interest and it deepens their interest it makes it more personal and they gain skills that they are building on themselves. And the how is to slowly with them expand the kind of independence that they are being exposed to. So it's not a, it's not a single momentous leap into doing it, but working with them slowly to, to exercise their independence and
1: their, their partnerships in learning in the classroom. Absolutely, because it's a shift, a big shift for students as well. And we don't want to overwhelm them. So we need to take them slowly uh, and develop their ability to be independent learners. And Liliane, as you mentioned, yeah, we already know what episode number five is going to be. And the question we're going to work on is, how do we help students articulate their thinking? Uh, As part of their learning, obviously, they'll need to share their thinking with the rest of the class and it's important to help them know how to do so uh, as always we would love to hear from you so when you try um when you try the things we spoke about with your class uh please share your experiences with us our email address is the thinking effect podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you that's,
0: yeah that's our favorite thing is hearing from teachers because pretty much they're our favorite people on the planet.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We love teachers. We're here to support all of you. Yes. And until next time. Bye.